Hello, everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 522, Playoff Permutations and Movie Anticipations. Chill podcast. I'm Frank. I'm joined with Eddie. Eddie, how we doing? Yeah, I'm glad it's the weekend. Unusual recording time for us. We always like to well, comment. It's Friday. When... It's not the weekend. Well, for me, it's now. It's seven o'clock on Friday evening. So you still got. But some is that time considered left. the weekend? I thought the weekend is a Saturday. No, I think the weekend starts Friday night. Does it? Yeah. It's Friday night, Saturday. <laughs> That made me want to sing that annoying song, but it's uh, it's Saturday in the park working on the 4th of July. That one. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, the weekend definitely. I think the weekend starts like six to seven o'clock on a Friday. Okay. As soon as you're done with work on Friday, it's the weekend. It's the weekend. Yeah. So I guess if you start work, if you finish work at, you know, nine in the morning on Friday, it's the weekend. But what if you work Saturdays? Well, that's always, yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's where it becomes ish, iffy because then you do get people who are like, they'll say their weekend is like Tuesday, Wednesdays. But yeah, which is not because it's no. not the end of the week. That doesn't no, make it's sense. Not, it's not how it it's works. Your, it's your work weekend, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like if you work Christmas Day, you can't just be like, well, Christmas for me this year is the 23rd. Yeah. That doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, it is a pretty unusual recording time. Uh, I'm actually excited because we have our couch is coming in today, and it is is in 16 different boxes currently being shipped by FedEx. Okay. And what the are first the odds? challenge to see is I won't be there, and I don't know if they're going to just leave them out front of our house because I know technically I don't you know they're not supposed to come into your house, but I you know I said want like leave money and then give them some money and maybe they'll bring it in. So we'll see if the boxes are at least brought into that. How, how much money are you giving them? 20. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good 20 bucks. <laughs> a little over a dollar per box that they got to carry in. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing is, I don't know how heavy these boxes are because yeah, I read in an email. It said like, you can move a box by yourself pretty easily, but like they suggest to bring a friend to enjoy the putting together. Of but the Frank, couch. that was, that was highly targeted, highly personal, personalized emails. So they know how strong you are. So oh, you like, think that's it? Like we've yeah, seen like, your deadlift videos on Instagram. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> you, you could do move all of them. <laughs> yeah. You could move a box easily by yourself. A normal human <laughs> being could not. Yeah, we'll see. So I'm pretty excited to have to put this together. I mean, I love a good Ikea project, so I'm pretty excited. That's a lot of Ikea boxes. Well, I think it's literally just each part of the, the sectional, and you kind of just have to put the hardware underneath and clip them together. Yeah. I don't it's know. It's just it, a couch. It's not, it's not like shelving. I know, <laughs> but like nothing. It's like secret compartments coming out, like a fridge in it. I'm not George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing from Ikea is ever as easy as it. No, it's not Ikea, though. Oh, okay. Right. I'm just saying, like, I enjoy, like, an Ikea like concept of putting the, the furniture together. The yeah. flat pack. No, these these directions are in English. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there you go. There's something. That's when your weekend starts then, when you start putting together your sofa. 
Yeah. And maybe we'll have a free shout out uh, ad if if this couch is comfortable. If it's not, then we get <laughs> a <laughs> then we get a trash bag. Get a free <laughs> ad because you bought a sofa that you paid for. We don't give me that company an ad. Maybe they'll give me more money or is more that, sofa. Is, is that what we're going to start doing every time we? Pro- I had some delicious milk this morning in my tea. Shout out to that milk company. I got a new Nespresso machine. Working yeah, pretty well. That's back to back episodes. You're really <laughs> you're really going for the Nespresso money. Nespresso, I love this machine. <laughs> Send another. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if that works. So where would you like to start, Eddie? Would you like to attack Sam, ex host of the podcast a little, and tell him to slow his roll? Or do you want to go into the NFL? <laughs> let's maybe let's start with the Premier League because that will be a quicker section. So we okay. can kind of burn through that one fairly quickly. Yeah, obviously, since we last spoke, I kind of you asked me to give a percentage chance of Arsenal winning the Premier League. I put them at 30%. I said they could go up to 40% this week, or they could drop to 20%. Now, they haven't completely dropped to 20% because they didn't lose to Newcastle. They drew. But basically, you know, after now three matches back since the World Cup restart, we're kind of as you were, fundamentally. Yeah. Both Arsenal and City. They had jumped ahead a little bit earlier in the week with the City slipping up and, and having that draw, but then it was reversed later in this week. Yeah, so City beat Chelsea 1-0 last night. Uh, Arsenal drew 0-0 with Newcastle. Um, Arsenal were probably the better team against Newcastle, although Newcastle did have some half chances. I know Arsenal supporters are a little bit upset with two good shouts for a penalty, including one with virtually the last kick of the game. I do not think the one with the last kick of the game was a penalty. I think his hand is in a very natural position, and at a certain moment in time, like it's right by his body, the ball is being kicked from, I don't know, a yard away. Like there's a moment in time when a ball was just can hit your arm. It's not handball. The penalty shout earlier, which I think was when Gabrielle was kind of having his shirt ripped off, I think it was. That to me was yeah, a penalty. That was sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and then City were unspectacular against Chelsea, but got the 1 0 win. First half, very flat. Second half, they came out with a little bit more. Uh, sort of vigor and were able to get get the goal. Weird goal. I think Jack Grealish even admitted after the match that he thought that Kepa was going to be able to kind of intercept the cross. It looked for all the world the whole time, the whole way that the, it was too close. The ball across the face of the goal was too close to the keeper, but he Kepa just kind of sank to his knees and didn't make any real attempt to to stop it. But Chelsea got hit by two more injuries. They're Seasons just kind of being derailed by uh, players dropping like flies, and uh, but yeah, for City, not the most impressive performance, but they check off going to Stamford Bridge and getting three points is not easy, so yep. they'll be pleased with that. Yeah, and you know, I I watch a lot of City matches because I think they're just one of the teams that are always on TV here because you know they're they're a top club, and I mean, you know, I'm a big Grealish supporter, and I have to say since after World Cup, he's looked much better. And it, it almost looks like he's pushing himself into a position where it's becoming a difficult decision of not getting him out there more. Because, I, I mean, the match he started, I think that was the first one they came back. He looked great. Yeah. I mean, he had a bunch of opportunities. And, you know, obviously he's known for for getting fouls called on him and things like that. But more than that, you know, he was really good with the ball. He was setting up opportunities 
And then, you know, this match again, he didn't start. You had Foden in and then, you know, he replaced his Foden. And then three minutes later, he's setting up a goal, right? And and again, whether that was purely him or luck or what, what have it, but it, he's creating opportunities. And he's yeah, caught no, a he, lot of heat from City supporters over the year that, since they've gotten him. And I think he, I think he's, since World Cup, he's looked really good. Yeah, sometimes I almost feel he's too honest for his own good. Like when he was interviewed after the match, for for starters, he's definitely the go-to if a if he has played in a match. I think even if he hasn't played, because he had a very good interview when City won the league, he didn't even get on the pitch, and he kind of was the person everyone wanted to speak to. I think he's the go-to interview because he's so open and honest, and he speaks in a way that just most professional athletes don't. I don't think there's a lot of footballers who would have said, they thought that they, they oh that the ball was too close to the keeper. Like I think they would have said, yeah, it was perfect, wasn't it? He also then admitted that he kind of just hit the ball across the face of the goal because he was expecting Erling, Erling Holland would be somewhere around there, and then he was surprised when he looked up to see that Erling Holland had actually dropped back, and so wasn't in that in the sort of space he was hitting the ball into. Those are two pieces of information that I don't think a lot of footballers would kind of admit because it yeah. it's sort of you know like peeking behind the curtain, you know. Uh, it sounds like, but, yeah, it sounds like you're not fully knowing what you're doing a little bit. Yeah. And, and in general, I feel a little bit sorry for him because even yesterday, again, he gets asked these questions. Like he's been at City now for 18 months. He still gets asked about how he's acclimatizing and, you know, adjusting and learning the system under Pep. And you do feel a bit sorry for him that it's been a while now to still be, you know, this is his second season to still be going on about it. Seems a little bit extreme. But he's definitely, you see, it's he had he admitted again last night, you know, it's a completely different system. At Aston Villa, he was allowed to kind of wander around the pitch, try and find different ways to influence a match and kind of do almost what he wanted to based on what he thought the weaknesses in the other team were. And at City, he has very strict instructions to stay wide, to stay high. He doesn't have an overlapping fullback to kind of take advantage of because that's not the way the City play. So it's probably not a team that suit him the most in a lot of respects, but he's improving as a footballer for sure. Uh, you know, and it's, I think you have to give Guardiola a lot of credit too, because he really gets his players to buy into the idea of learning the system that he's implemented. And he also works really hard then to actually improve the footballers themselves. You see it a little bit with the, the kind of project of Phil Foden over the years and how he's been used within the team, but you're seeing it now with Grealish too, where I think some managers would have either wanted to change how they play to just fit Grealish in because they'd spent a hundred million pounds on him, or they would have signed him and then said, do you know what? He doesn't really fit the system. So let's just find a way to get rid of him. And this commitment to actually improving people as footballers, you know, he's, he's not 19 years old. Uh, I think is is kind of commendable and it's good for England because you've got, I think English players at city are becoming better footballers by being there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at the English players they have, and they all had a huge impact in the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, and now I will take my shots at Sam because he has been <laughs> he has been messaging me relentlessly every time Arsenal score. My phone get a little WhatsApp message from him every single time. Sometimes just you know, <laughs> and last night didn't hear a single peep out of him throughout that City match. And I texted him at the end of the match. I said, "You've been." noticeably quiet and he said well i just expected city to beat chelsea that was his response so do as if it was i mean he's 
he'd message me if you know Arsenal were playing the blind school. He would be texting me every time they scored. But the fact that he doesn't <laughs> expect he doesn't expect City to you know not even worth mentioning. If anything, I think that kind of is an acknowledgement on his part that City are the better team because he's saying, well, yeah, I just expected them to go away and beat Chelsea. Whereas if that would have been Arsenal beating Chelsea, I would have got instant text messages, clean sheet, efficient performance. Yeah, but remember, Eddie, this is a Chelsea team that are as many points to the top four as they are to the bottom three, as I told you and Ollie yesterday. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not having a great season. And it will be interesting to see how long Potter has there. Because, you know, after everything that happened with Abramovich and stuff, there's probably, you've got a new ownership group. Maybe they don't want to seem as if they have too much of a knee-jerk reaction. So I'm sure he'll see out this season but there'll be a lot of pressure on them if well, there'll be a lot of pressure on them if they don't finish in the top four, which now starts to seem pretty <laughs> likely like that's going to be an issue because when you've had American foreign investment come in, like they want to make money and missing out on champions league money and the impact that also has on the valuation of the club to not be in the champions league, that's going to be huge. So Can you say super league. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're going to be suddenly huge fans of the, the concept of the super league. Them and maybe Liverpool, you know, we we'll, we might find that out in a few in a few months too. Actually, so I did hear from Sam, but it was on Wednesday. I texted him after their their draw, and I said, "Not optimal." <laughs> and his response was, "Nah, but they've only shipped eleven goals this season. We should have won it, but they're a decent side, so we have to drop points somewhere." Which is a fair assessment. Like that is actually, you know, that is a normal reaction. But I do think that I hope was... Sam listens and hears us just like reading his, his text messages that we have with him. <laughs> the thing is, if from an Arsenal perspective, I do think it was a missed opportunity because coming on the off the back of City dropping points against Everton, which is a huge surprise, they could have just kind of stamped their authority a little bit of then yeah. beating Newcastle at home. It would have it would have been a real statement win. It would have then put City under so much more pressure going into that match yesterday. I mean, I think City would have still felt the pressure and, and seen the opportunity to kind of claw back two points was important. But had uh, Arsenal beaten Newcastle, you would have almost felt like it was a must-win match for City. Yeah. Whereas if they'd drawn last night, you would have said, no, that's not too bad. You're, you're kind no. of... I, I completely agree with you because I think their draw against Newcastle isn't bad, isn't terrible in the sense of the points, but it's bad in the sense that the the impact, like statement it would have had would have been very strong. You know, like and I agree, like you're gonna drop points, but the way things were going to really win that match and then say like, boom, we went up two and we're gonna stay up two on you right now. Like now you need to keep pace. That's a you know, it's a big statement to kind of have city kind of feel that a little bit yeah and then and who knows maybe that pushes city to score six against chelsea yeah, <laughs> we'll <maybe>. never know <laughs> and now right they face a real test they've got i mean it's this is fa cup weekend so everyone gets a little bit of a break but next weekend they're away to spurs in the north london derby that's never going to be an easy fixture and then they're at home to manchester united who are arguably the informed team in the premier league so you know again it's Maybe they'll pass both of those tests, but it really puts them in a situation now where that lead that they have could evaporate pretty quickly. 
you know, I, I don't know. I'll be interested to see. I'll ask Sam in the next me- next episode. We can read some more of his texts. I'd be interested to ask any Arsenal supporter. If you're listening, you can, you know, tell us through, you know, search for the Big Chill Podcast on Twitter or search for the Big Chill Podcast on Instagram. But I would be interested to know, like, what if you got offered a certain number of points now going into those two matches, what would you take? Four points? If I said right now, Spurs away, Manchester United at home, we'll just give you four points, would you take it? Yes. I think if you're any club, you take that. (laughs) Probably. But when you're in a title race where neither team is really slipping up that much, to, to drop two points is still dropping two points. It's true. I think Sam's going to start talking to us off the record. <laughs> he already says too many things that are off the record for him to start adding them to a list of them. What kind of text messages are you getting? <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to know. I guess interesting, too, looking ahead to those fixtures because City have identical fixtures, but reversed. So away to United and then home for Spurs. So the same, same thing. Do you think City would take four points? Because I don't think they would. <laughs> no, but they're City. They're the better club. <laughs> no, I know, but I think City are looking at that. Especially, I mean, United are a different team to the one that they beat at the beginning of October. But having demolished United at the beginning of October, I think they would just say, right, that's three points we should be getting. And then at Spurs, we should beat Spurs. Well, I guess then speaking of, of this weekend and upcoming sports, we can talk about the NFL and the now even more complicated playoff permutations after the Bengals-Bills game has been officially canceled. <laughs> the fact that we're now having to deal with winning percentages and not just team records. Uh, which... Yeah. I mean, I, in, in a sense, so I guess the NFL is pretty lucky that it's just seeding and it's not actual getting into the playoffs because that would be a, a nightmare i don't think they would have done it like i think if this had if this had been like the i think they would the, have replayed it or continued it i don't think they would have canceled the game or expanded the playoffs because there was some talk like over the last 48 hours when they were talking about possible options one of them was expanding the playoffs to eight teams per conference <laughs> and then not having a buy as a way oh of well this way we eliminate the the issue with the buy and no team is getting that advantage. So we have to include an extra team. And I think if like the Bengals had been on the bubble, they probably would have had to have done that because otherwise yeah. it's, it's too big of an issue. Yeah. Cause I mean, the other thing is there is a buffer week between the championship and the Super Bowl, right? But I'm assuming that there's so much other things going on that you can't push. Like there's like the media days and the travel days and, that they probably have that almost built into that bi-week schedule that you can't just push everything but the Super Bowl up a week. That probably well, would have th- been a disaster for their like monetary outcome of the Super Bowl, I'm sure. Well, I think the bigger issue of that would have been for whoever gets the bye in the NFC. Because then you're facing potentially, you know, like you're not playing football for a couple of weeks. And so then... You know, they always have the talk when you get the buy of the kind of rustiness versus readiness debate. And is it even that good to have a buy? But I think if you suddenly had two weeks off before your next game, then then yeah. rustiness really becomes the focus. But yeah, do we, should we give an, a run through then of the, 
it still has to be officially voted on. So yeah, it's subject to but change. It, yeah, it's subject to change, but it probably will be. Um, so basically, the main issues are Kansas City and Buffalo for the first seed, as well as kind of the Bengals, but that is a scenario where both the Bills and the Chiefs lose. But if Buffalo and KC both win in Week 18 and they both meet in the championship, AFC championship game, it'll be played at a neutral site. I, I, I guess technically you would say Buffalo has the bigger complaint here because if they had won out, they would have been the number one seed. Although they were losing that game. I do think there's three in the first. <laughs> sure, but but there's that caveat to add. Do you know what I mean? Like it was on the road against a good team. Yeah. And they were they were losing. So yeah. it's not like it was game over, but it's not as if they were up twenty one zero and they're like, Hey, you're really taking this away from us. Yeah. And then so then all the reverse if they both lose and then Baltimore beats the Bengals and the Bills and Chiefs eventually made it to a championship game again, it would also be played at a neutral site. And if they both lost and the Bengals win, a Bills or Bengals versus the Chiefs would be played at a neutral site. So pretty much if the Bills and the Chiefs, or if the Bengals and the Chiefs make it to the AFC championship, it's going to be at a neutral site. Yes. And then you throw in the other element here, which is if the Ravens beat the Bengals, then yes. they will have a coin toss to see which one of them has home field advantage in the scenario that they play each other. Yes, if they play each other. So if they do win, there's also an opportunity that they don't play each other, depending on how other things work out, right? So Yes. Um, yeah. Yes, very... Not terribly confusing, but I guess the it'll be interesting for me if it's played at a neutral site, how they sell the tickets. Because that's where I would be pissed if I were a season ticket holder and I would, like, would have had the opportunity to be in an AFC championship game. But now I'll be put in like a lottery because they can only maybe they do 50-50. So, you know, so like there's a chance even as a season ticket holder, you won't get to see the AFC championship. That would suck. It would well, suck also, for the fans. I mean, it's going to be an interesting dynamic because it's two teams with diehard fan bases. So you know both of them will have people travel. So yeah. that's another... You're talking Bills. This is Bills Chiefs you're talking. Yes. Yeah. So there's another interesting element there. Also, the, the venues that they are discussing as the possible neutral venues, one of which is Miami. That would really it's be stupid. screwing people. I mean, why no, are you going to make... Yes. Someone go from Buffalo and, all of it, and could have potentially had a home game in the NFC Championship yeah. game, and now you're throwing um, several hundred dollars for a flight, yeah. several hundred dollars for a hotel. I mean, that's just not fair. That, I mean, right now, I would say, d depending on how it works out, like Pittsburgh would be a great one. It's cold. It's outdoor. They'd both be – that's something – because I feel like if you're KC or you're Buffalo, one of your advantages is it's like it's an outdoor cold game, you know, if you play a warm-weather team. So it'll be outdoors. It's kind of in the middle. Like so, it's, it's not a bad option. <laughs> the most likely venue, based on what they seem to be saying, is Indy. Because I think they want to have it. I don't like a, that it's a dome, though. You know me. I love outdoor games. All, all of the venues they're discussing are indoors. 
I think they should play at State College at Penn State, 106,000. You could probably fit both fan bases. Don't even have to do lotteries. Yeah, that is true. That would be but, pretty cool, actually. But no, I think the all of the ones they've discussed have been indoor stadiums. And then, because they were leaning towards Detroit initially, because obviously the Bills had played that home game that had to be moved in Detroit anyway, but seemingly the Detroit stadium is is not available. So it seems the Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis is the most likely because it's kind of between Buffalo and Kansas City. So it sort of seems like a good. If I'm choice. Penn State, man, this is this is an opportunity here. This is a money maker. Why are they not pushing this hard? I, I mean, I guess <laughs> it might not be ready. But the the other issue would be, I guess, if you're Kansas City and they chose Penn State, that feels like you're giving. Buffalo, as a neutral venue, you're giving a pretty it's five nice... hours. How far away like is it from Kansas hours. City? I don't know. Ten. Two and a half. Miami. <laughs> I would say it probably equidistant. Miami to Kansas City versus Miami to Penn State. Yeah, but then that's a major disadvantage for Buffalo. No, you know, for like... sure. Miami's ridiculous as an option. All right. So what never... about another big? What about like an SEC team? That has like a hundred thousand seat stadium because they're they're obviously going to be open. There's no other football, college football being played. Well, the other unless they have because there's concerts and all sorts, but not outdoor because all those state most of those college stadiums are all outdoor, so you're not going to have concerts. Some college is missing out here on a money making opportunity. (laughs) I I, that uh, I don't know the logistics of that seem even more complicated. It's like during. The academic right. year, you're going to have all the students on campus and you're just going to have 150,000 like NFL 110,000 students no, <laughs> cheering is, pro teams. This is impractical. Which They I, even have college game day show up before. <laughs> we actually had, speaking of people interacting with us on Twitter, we did have some feedback from a listener on the last episode speaking about like why it took the NFL so long to announce that game had been postponed. Made a valid point which is the other factor to take in was even when they made the decision, they would have then had to think about emptying that stadium and they would have wanted to prepare, you know, like all the security people to be in the right place and to kind of handle suddenly all the people exiting out of the stadium, which normally you would be doing, you know, in the final 10 minutes of a game or whatever. It's a valid point that they would have probably wanted to go through all of those processes and protocols as well before making the formal announcement. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I do remember, though, when, when you watched it live, there was a point where they hadn't made an announcement, but all the equipment people were, like, packing up the sidelines, and there were fans just standing there watching them. At that point, the instant I see something getting packed, I'm like, this is oh, over. Yeah. Like, people were just, like, cheering, watching them. Like, what are you doing? They're packing the equipment. It's it's over, guys. Like, start leaving. Get yeah. your jump start now. Yeah, there's <laughs> a moment in time. like, another 30 minutes. Yeah. Now people are dedicated. You know, they just wanted those really cheap in-stadium beers. Why Why go to a bar when you can have a $14 Bud Light? That never gets warm because it's four degrees outside. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I guess now, you know, we can go through the games that have meaning for Week 18 because there are quite a few where teams will still be wanting to play because, you know, they have something to play for. Um, sure. And then I guess 
so we can go, I'll go chronological because I know you don't like when I just go randomly. <laughs> okay. So we so start with Saturday, 4.30, Chiefs and the Raiders. 4.30 local time, yeah. 4.30 local time, yes. Well, you, you are Eastern, throughout time. Eastern time. No, it's Eastern yeah. time. It's not okay. local. Not even local time. <laughs> Uh, so this is interesting because did you know, Patrick Holmes has Patrick Holmes, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> has a chance to break the passing record. I didn't. How far do you want to guess how many he needs? How many yards he needs? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know how many, how many yards does he have now? So Patrick Mahomes currently has 5,048 yards. Uh, I'll say he needs 370. He's a little more, and he's about like a little over 400. So the record is 5,477. And do you want to know who that is? You should know. Drew Brees? No. He holds, he held the, the like career one. I should know. Yeah. <laughs> it's Peyton Manning. Okay. <laughs> Interestingly, though, it's Peyton Manning on the Broncos. Yeah, probably in his first season there when they were just 2013. When they were just demolishing everybody. When he yeah. broke the single season touchdown record too, right? But then Brady probably. broke it back, didn't he? Yeah. So I And that's a thing I don't miss. Remember when we had oh, to go through that, that period where, with between Brady and the Breeze? Brady and Fanning, all three of yeah. them? Yeah. Well no, it was Brady and Breeze and that was particularly bad where literally every game each yeah. one of them was resetting the record and we had to hear about it endlessly. I do thank exactly. thank God Drew Brees retired and put an end to all that. <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what he's doing. He's waiting for Brady to retire, come out of retirement, and then try and re-break the record. Yeah. But the uh Raiders have the 30th best passing defense. So there is an opportunity for Mahomes to break that record. I would like let me put it this way, he's gonna go over three hundred, but can he have like a a crazy day and go over four will just kind of depend on how many 80 yard touchdown passes he has i'm sure yeah and they expect the chiefs to win and just lock up the the number one seed in yeah. whatever you know sort of i mean it gives them the buy no matter what when that they get the buy then as to yeah. the home field advantage will be decided on sunday and the opening few rounds of the playoffs, but I mean, yeah, I think I expect- it's going to come down to a neutral site and we can get, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll give our predictions, but I think Buffalo is going to beat the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. Would, uh, yeah. I, I suppose, I suppose. Yeah. I guess the question is if they care, they're the only risk you have is that they decide, you know what, now that we're not getting a buy, do we care that much about playing Kansas city and Kansas versus in a neutral site? In which case, well, they'd get we the can... two seed. If they yeah. lose and the Bengals win, I think they get the three seed. But again, do they care? Like, do you yeah. care that much about your playoff seeding? Once you've not got the bye, once you don't have home field advantage through the playoffs, do you care that much? And uh, I assume that they will. And also, I would think if you're them, given all of the circumstances of the past and events of the past week or so, you might not want to go into the playoffs on an like an additional negative of a loss. You might, yeah. but you might want to kind of lift some spirits there. And then the Saturday night game is the win and you're in Titans versus Jags. 
the Titans are going to be starting uh, quarterback juggernaut Joshua Dobbs <laughs> versus Trevor Lawrence. And the spread is six and a half here. Yeah, it should be higher. <laughs> I mean, it really should be higher. It's basically the Jags versus Derrick Henry. <laughs> so yeah. That's what this is. <laughs> no, no, it's it's can you can you limit to Derrick Derrick Henry to under two hundred yards if you're the Jags? Yeah, and yeah, and can Trevor Lawrence not have one of those games where he throws multiple interceptions, which he has, yeah. or, ter- or fumbles. Yeah. You know, he has a tendency to fumble too. Yeah. The Titans haven't scored over 14 points in their last three games. So I think if he can get to 14, you've got a good shot to win this. And that's pathetic in today's NFL. Definitely get to 21 and it's probably over. Yep. Uh, And then I guess if the Jags don't win, they can still get into the playoffs through a little backdoor of everyone else in the AFC needing to win would lose, which would be the Pats, the Steelers. I think that's it. Or is there one other team? Dolphins, sorry. Pats, Steelers, and Dolphins all lost. Even if the Jags lost, they could make it. But um, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think we'll need to get to that. And then Sunday, the early games, you have the Patriots and the Bills. Uh, Patriots win and they're in. And the Bills seeding mm-hmm. and potentially neutral AFC championship if they make it that far. <laughs> yeah, obviously, if the Chiefs have lost, winning yes. they get winning they get the number one seed. So yes. outright, because that would also solve. Then there would be no neutral venue. Like if the Chiefs lose, then everything kind of opens up again. So how much does the NFL pay Andy Reid to, to purposely lose? <laughs> How many cheeseburgers does it take? Because that was one of the other interesting suggestions that I saw was being discussed was the possibility of offering the Chiefs the option of either the buy or home field advantage. And that would have been... Okay. And that would have been an interesting one as to which one you then take. I think you have to take the buy, personally. Because you, you don't want to run the risk of nominating, like everyone knows you chose home field advantage and then you lose in the first round of the playoffs. That's super embarrassing. I think yeah. you, have to, you have to take the bye. You definitely have to take the bye. Because, you know, I think with the NFL too, I know it's debated, but I think that bye gives you the potential to get players who are injured back to being healthy, you know, to actually get them to play. It's a huge, it's a huge bonus. So Patriots Bills for me, if the Bills have something to play for, which I think they will, I think they're going to play their starters, and I think they're going to demolish the Patriots. Yeah, I expect them to win. I kind of expect all the teams that need to win to win. Yeah, fundamentally. The, the, I guess another disappointing thing for the Bills with having that game canceled is they've never won fourteen games in a season. And they would have had the potential. Again, you, you were right. They were losing that game. That was a tough game. I'm not giving them the win there. But they would have had the potential to be a 14-win team, which had been the first time ever in their, their franchise they would have done that. But they could tie the record for 13, which is the most they've ever had. Uh, Vikings at Bears. Uh, the Vikings are locked in. And they can kind of switch seating a little bit, but not too much there. Uh, 
the bear, the, I think the most significant part here is Justin Fields was 64 yards short of the QB rushing record, which might be one of his only accomplishments he ever gets. And they're sitting him out. <laughs> I think that's a little harsh, but yeah. Yeah. I expect the Vikings. I think if you're the Vikings, one of the few teams where you'd say we need a little bit of, we need to kind of put some momentum back into our season. Out of our mouth. Yeah. Cause <laughs> things are, the wheels are kind of coming off here. And yeah, I mean, also they do have, potential seeding ramifications. But yeah, I think the most important thing for them is just like, let's kind of, you know, put the accelerator back down on our season going into the playoffs. Cause otherwise this is not going to be a good feeling. And then another early game is jets dolphins. Uh, the dolphins win and the Patriots lose and they're in. So a good chance that they could make it if they can win this game, they won't have Tua again, which is unfortunate. Uh, and that they're going to go with Skylar Thompson because Bridgewater is also hurt. This is a very worst case scenario for a team that needs a win, which kind of sucks um, because I think when they do have Tua, they're good. Like they're a playoff team with Tua and they've lost five yeah. straight. <laughs> so it's not, it's not looking good right now for them, but I think they can beat the jets with Joe Flacco jets with Joe Flacco. That's who's starting. Yeah, I don't know. This might be the one. This is uh, it's it's at Miami as well. I, I might put Miami in for the loss here, and the Patriots wow. making making the playoffs as a result. The over under is thirty eight here. I'd go under. <laughs> this could be a seventeen ten win. I might take under three point eight. <laughs> three nothing. Yeah, two nothing. Just one safety. Yeah. Um... It, I think I think the Dolphins will win this. I mean, just their roster is better overall. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know how to feel. But yeah, I, I I don't have a lot of faith in the in the Dolphins at the moment. Yeah. Um, the Bucks and Falcons doesn't matter. The Bucks are already in the playoffs and they're locked into that four seed no matter what. Uh, I. It sounds like Brady might play. There's Maybe. been no indication that he won't. <laughs> I guess the only indication that he might not is the line, which is like the is Atlanta minus four. Yeah, and that might be an indication that either he's not going to play or he certainly won't play the entire game. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess right. You don't ha- like. Why would you say something if you don't have to? But especially with Brady, he's of that Belichick yeah. mindset, right? Like, why would I, why would I tell you? Like he might he and knowing Brady, he'll then come in for the like the opening snap, and then immediately hand leave. it off and then and then leave. Yeah, just to just to kind of like mess with them in some meaningless way. <laughs> uh, also, early Sunday you have Browns at the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers can still make the playoffs if both the Patriots and the Dolphins lose. ESPN gives them a fifteen point six chance percent chance of that happening. And I guess, and them winning, right? And them winning, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which seems about fair. Yeah. The Browns have been eliminated from the playoffs and also don't have a first-round draft pick next year. So not the season the Browns <laughs> would hope for. 
No, but I guess if you're trying to be positive as a Browns fan, maybe you see this as the season of punishment for the Deshaun Watson situation, and then you get a fresh start next season. Is it is it fair that they have to take the punishment for no. the Deshaun Watson situation? And he took no financial punishment? No, it's not fair. It's no. not fair at all. I will say, I think the, Brown, the Browns win this. They Since Watson's come back, he looked pretty bad his first but every game he's getting better and better last game he had three touchdown passes amari cooper had over 100 yards so i think they're finally starting to click a little and i you know my opinion on the steelers i do not think they're a very good team i do not think kenny pickett is a is a playoff caliber quarterback yet so lock it in everyone the steelers are winning <laughs> the steelers are going to the playoffs and the steelers might even win a playoff game good steelers fact here Najee Harris is, I think, like 40 or 50 yards away from 1,000 yards. He'd be the first ever Steelers running back to go back-to-back his first two seasons with 1,000 yards. When you think about all the running backs the Steelers have had over the years that have been pretty good running backs, he'd be the first to do it in his first two years. Back-to-back first two seasons is a little specific, but yeah, we know how you love very specific. Well, in his first two years as a Steeler. uh, I know, but... (laughs) The back-to-back in two seasons is a little redundant. (laughs) No, no, I said first two, but yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then also the early games, ravens Bengals. This obviously is a big one. So both teams are in, um, and the Bengals are now the North AFC North champs. But like we said, the Bengals could be alive for the number one seed if both the Bills and the Chiefs lose. Ravens again without Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think... I think we don't even have to say that anymore. We just have to say when Should he we just, when he when plays. He's back? Yeah, okay. it's, it, you may as well say I'm not playing a quarterback for the Bengals, <laughs> uh, the Ravens. I think this is a Bengals win, pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, there's not been a lot from the Ravens recently. Again, it's kind of the same situation. Can you get to 20 points? If you get to 20 points, you're beating the Ravens. So that's I think the Bengals can get to 20 points. Yeah. And again, this is another one where. The reverse, like I said, with the Bills could have had the most wins ever. The Bengals have never won 13 in a season. So had they won that game against the Bills and then won this game, it would have been their highest franchise win total ever at 13. But they can tie uh, for 12. And then the afternoon game, Cowboys-Commanders. The Commanders are starting rookie quarterback Sam Howell from UNC. And the significance, well, I mean, the significance (laughs) here, right, is that if the Cowboys win and if the Niners and the Eagles lose, then the Cowboys can get the number one seed. Exactly. Yes. So that seems like ESPN gives them a 14.9 chance of doing that. Oh, sorry. uh, Sorry. No, 14.9 chance of winning the division if the Eagles lost and they won and a 1.6% chance to be the NFC's top seed. Which, which genuinely, actually, when you think of the actual odds, is high. But, I mean, I'd give them like a 0.2% chance that both the Niners and the Eagles lose these games. Who's the more likely loser of those two, Eddie? The, well, the Eagles. Just, I mean, they're... Because I don't know what's happening with Hurts either. Yeah, and even if he comes back, even if on Sun, even if we find out he's playing, what condition is he in? You know, like, how yeah. rusty is he? Like, how will they use him? So there's a lot more question marks there for the Eagles. I expect both the Eagles and the Niners to win, but if I had to choose which one of them would, 
be less surprised by them losing. It's definitely the Eagles. And then those games are all playing at the same time. So that way, you know, a team won't have an advantage. So you have the Giants versus the Eagles going on at the same time. The Giants are locked in to the, I think, six seed no matter what. So a smart coach would not play his starters and get them injured when they have such a a, uh, a leaky depth chart as it is. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, I don't think they will. I honestly, I think that'd be crazy. Jalen Hurts might come back. They're still, they still haven't announced it yet. You would think, I guess, that it doesn't matter because Gardner Minshew is, is just as capable in Eddie's. Jalen no, Hurts is completely replaceable. I didn't say that. <laughs> that is not, it is not that they are like for like replacement. I would expect them even with Gardner Minshew to win this game. For that. I would too. Like, yeah. And, and I think it would, I agree with you. I think it would be, it might benefit Hurts a little to come back and to shake off some of that rust, but is it worth the risk of, getting him re-injured to do so. Well, the other equation, in a sense, is too, if you think you're going to win, then he's almost not shaking off that much rest because you're going to have a bye week the following week anyway. So if you feel relatively confident in that you can win with Minchu, then it doesn't seem that, it doesn't seem to be too much point in bringing Hurts back. And let's not forget the Eagles beat the Giants by like 25 points last time they played with the Giants starters. So <laughs> I, I think you just stick with Minshew there. Uh, Rams Seahawks has some implications for the Seahawks. Uh, they need to win and have the Lions beat the Packers. About 20% chance is what ESPN gives out of happening. Can Seattle even beat the Rams though? I mean, I think, yeah, this, the Rams now, yeah, 100%. But, yeah, I, I, I think Seattle will win. Chargers and Broncos, Chargers are locked in to. Yeah, why, uh, why, are we even, why are we even talking about this game? Succeed. I'm not. I'm just saying <laughs> that, that we aren't discussing that because they're, you know, a high quality caliber playoff team that's going to fly through the playoffs <laughs> once they get there. Yeah. Uh, and then you have cards at the 49ers. The spread is 14 here. Surprise, it's not higher. <laughs> In some ways, yeah. But no, I expect the, the Niners to take care of business there. Nine-game win streak for the Niners. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of say they obviously the last time they lost was that game against the Chiefs, which was the week where McCaffrey arrived. And so he played in that game, but, you know, was barely involved. I mean, he had actually – he was involved in the sense like he did actually have some decent plays in that game, but – you know, it wasn't up to speed in terms of the playbook and stuff. You can basically say in full McCaffrey weeks, they are undefeated. If you want to <laughs> No, but I mean, if you kind of look like what was the turning point almost in their season, where did they go? And some of it was other players getting back to full health and stuff. But, you know, in that time, they've gone through quarterbacks. They've had other injuries pop up. You know, Debo, Debo went out. There's like a lot of other things that have happened. But the one consistent in like what was the – what was the potential catalyst as, that started this nine-game winning streak? It's Maybe it's McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah, that Debo signing is going to look terrible in two years. <laughs> I mean, maybe. What a waste of money that's going to be. Maybe. And then the Sunday night game, Lions-Packers. 
Packers win, they're in. The Lions win and Seattle loses, they're in. So we have to So they'll know going in. <laughs> yeah, you kind of hope that Seattle has lost. Lose. So that yeah. this game has something to play for for both teams because it will be a little bit of an anticlimax if it's all of a sudden and I assume the Lions, they don't seem like the type of team that would bench players and stuff anyway. Like they're so committed. Oh. No. And they would he's a psycho. Like if anything, even if the Seahawks win, they get more fired yeah. up. The play. Like the chance. We can't make the playoffs, but they can't either if we win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I agree with you. But, Dan yeah. Campbell is psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think uh it's yeah, you hope that Seattle is lost earlier in the day so that this is uh a little bit more of an interesting contest, but I expect the Packers to win and make the playoffs. Yeah. I'm like the, the speech writes itself. It's like, how shitty do you feel right now? Now you can't get in the playoffs. Let's make the Packers feel that way too. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's great. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think the Lions win this. Okay. Well, there you go. That's you going against the grain on one. Yeah. It's at Green Bay, though. This is tough. That's going to be a really tough environment to play in a stadium that is, you know, crazy to begin with. But knowing if they win, they're in. It's that would be it. I think that would be Dan Campbell's greatest win in his career. <laughs> All right. I guess that wraps up that week of the NFL. And obviously next season, we'll do a more in-depth look at the first round of the playoffs. Kind of spend a little bit more time game by game talking about some some of the key areas of the matchups and, and making some. And we get to focus a little bit more and make some more detailed predictions. Yeah. So I know technically the season's not over yet, but I have the stats up through week 17 of some of just like the standard betting scenarios. Home teams or road teams against the spread, which ones do you think are better? Probably road teams because it feels like a year when there's been more kind of underdog upsets and stuff so you just you'd assume road teams have fared better yep road teams are 125 to 123 and seven against the spread yes. favorites or underdogs against the spread underdogs for sure not even close one it, not you're right okay. it's not even close <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see me shaking my head to agree with you first 132 to 111 Okay. Underdogs against the spread. So you so have a twenty game positive. Yeah, if you've just been blindly betting underdogs, you've made money. Yeah. Yep. Overs or unders? I'd say unders. Not yes. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> unders are a hundred and forty to one twelve. Yeah. Okay. So if every week that's a you can't that's do it, big. You couldn't do it as doubles because you'd be risking that like you weren't making money that way. But if every week you had just been betting the unders and then separately betting the underdog, you've had a pretty good year. Yep. Do you want to take a shot at, I have the top four best teams against the, the spread. You think you can guess any of them? Um, I can try. I'll say Seattle. Nope. Oh, wow. Uh, I'll say... The Lions? Yes, Detroit, 11-5 against the spread. I'll say... 
uh, it's going to be someone in the NFC South. Obviously not the Bucks. The Cardinals? No. The Falcons? Nope, I'll save you. Cincinnati is the best against the spread, 12 and 3. New York Giants, 12 and 4. Giants would Not have, surprising because they keep every game close. The Giants I would have thrown in. For, that would have been my next guess. I would have never said the Bengals because yeah. they would have just assumed starting as favorites and not covering all the time. Yeah, yeah Detroit, 11 and 5, and then the Chargers, 10, 5 and 1. Worse against the spread. It's got to be the Bucks. The Bucks, yeah. four and eleven I mean, and one. Against. I would have bet my I would have bet my life on the Bucks being the correct answer to that question. You want to take a guess at the next next worst? Ooh. Pretty, if you think about it, pretty easy. Packers. Think early season. No, but you're on the right track. Rams. Rams. Yep. Five, ten, and one against the spread. Chicago, five, ten, and one, which isn't bad because they were an underdog each time they couldn't even cover. <laughs> and then Kansas City, six and ten against the spread. Yeah, it's not. I, I think you're always. I do lean towards the worst performing teams being some of the just the heavier favorites. Like you start as a thirteen point favorite, you win by ten. It's still a good performance, but you've not covered the spread. All right, I know. Uh, next up, you have an exciting topic for us about looking ahead to the. Uh, the most highly anticipated movies of 2023. Oh, yeah. I thought, you know, since it's a new year, we'll let you start airing, airing your annoyances and grievances out early. You know, uh, get ahead of it before the movie even comes out. You can tell us how you feel about a movie you've never seen. And probably, nor will you yeah, see and it. probably won't. <laughs> yeah. I might watch YouTube clips of it, though. If it if it's, gets my interest enough three years from now, I'll watch it in 10 mini YouTube clips. So I have to say, there's a. I feel like there's a lot more movies coming out this year that than last. I know there's probably not, but in terms of bigger movies, you know, like big directors, actors, things like that, there's a lot coming out. So one of the first ones, Eddie, is an M Night Shyamalan movie called Knock at the Cabin. Are you still in on M Night Shyamalan? No, he feels like a one trick pony, and we've seen that trick several times. Okay. okay. Rupert Grimp is uh, Grint is in that movie. Uh, Ron from Ron from Harry Potter. Okay, yeah, that doesn't. <laughs> as a non-Harry Potter fan, that doesn't make it even any more exciting for me. How about Magic Mike's Last Dance? No, I've not seen any oh. of the Magic Mikes, so I'm not coming. I in love for, the first Magic Mike. I'm not coming in for the Last Dance. I wasn't there I for think the first. It's so good. Oh, the first one's so funny. I think it's great. All right. Also, Steven Soderbergh directed all three. The first Marvel, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, first appearance or major appearance of Kang, the new big bad. Okay, I don't, I don't know who <laughs> Kang is, but as you know, I mean, I yeah, my opinions on comic books, no, I'm not, I will not be watching that. I'm not excited for it. Okay. How about Cocaine Bear? Have you heard of this one yet? I think I've seen the trailer for Cocaine Bear. Loosely based on the true story of Pablo Escobar, an American black bear who overdosed on 34 kilos of stolen cocaine. No, that doesn't feel like it should be a feature length movie to me. <laughs> well, this is one of the things. This is a classic one that annoys you because it's based on a true story. But what actually happened 
is they just found this bear that had overdosed on cocaine. But what the movie's about is that he goes on like a cocaine high and just starts killing people in a rampage. So it's it's, <laughs> so like, it's really not based on a true story. So it's like the hangover meets a bear on cocaine is basically what they're trying to <laughs> spin it as. Pretty much. Yeah, I'm not, no. It, it looks just like a goofy action, you know, like don't take it too seriously kind of movie. This one I'm interested in hearing. Creed 3. I didn't see Creed 2. I also did not. I, I liked Creed 1. Or and Creed, I'm, let's call it. <laughs> I'm going to stand with my friend Sylvester Stallone here because I know he's really upset that they're making Creed 3. And so I yes, will... Because he's not in it. No, well, he doesn't have the rights to it. He's he's like sold the rights or whatever, so he's not in control yeah. of whether or not they make this movie. And he feels like they're just ruining the kind of Rocky Creed legacy by trying to milk this cash cow that they now have. I'm going to stand in solidarity with, with Sly wow. Stallone. I will not be seeing it. I will boycott Creed 3. Wow. I have to say, so Jonathan Majors is the guy that Michael B. Jordan is fighting in this one. And he also plays Kang, if you're interested in Ant-Man and the Wasp. But Jonathan Majors looks enormous for this movie. Like, it is almost unbelievable how jacked he looks for this movie. So I, if, if that was natural, then he's, he should be in some sport because that is crazy. <laughs> Probably not natural, though. This is another interesting one I, I want to hear your opinion on. Scream 6. This one's going to be based in New York City. I don't know the last Scream that I saw. Maybe You didn't see Scream 5? when they Because they've like kind of restarted it a little bit no. now? I think Scream 3 is probably the last Scream that I saw. Okay. I probably won't be seeing this one. Okay. Scream 5 is pretty good. I think 3 and 4 were pretty crappy. But 5, they stepped it up a level. Nowhere near. I love the original Scream. I think it's a pretty good movie. I'm not even going to ask you about Shazam because if you don't like Marvel, I don't know. I don't want to know what you think about DC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I won't be seeing that. How about John Wick Chapter Four? Now I think I'm out. John Wicked. Really? Yeah, I think I liked. This is always my issue with it. Is like even when Hollywood comes up with something kind of reasonably creative and original, they then just have to like flog the dead horse. You know, and, and it feels like with John Wick, okay, I got it. It's, you know, I can, I can maybe get two. It would have been, my issue with it is John Wick, if it had only been one movie, you would have been like, wow, that was a really good movie. How, isn't that yeah. cool? And then now you're going to tarnish the kind of legacy of John Wick. with like, I, they kind of had to keep doing the same thing. It's going to have to have another person he's annoyed at for some reason come out of retirement oh wow he's got a you know it's it's like the actually you're, you're right but i thought as a trilogy it worked pretty well it was like kind of like the third one kind of hung a little bit on the other two too much but it was still good and it wrapped it up i thought i thought that was going to be it it's just like it's like taken right taken as a standalone movie i mean it's not yeah it shouldn't be winning oscars but it's cool and then it's like, okay, here, okay, right, the guy with a particular set of skills is back again. Another person's annoyed him. You know, John Wick is just a, a variation on that. S speaking of John Wick, though, a mutual friend of ours, Marco, told me the other day he is 
he's pulling the Aaron Rodgers. He is not cutting his hair for 2023 so that he can have, he can have the John Wick hair for Halloween 2023. Really? Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that dedication to, to be that committed to a Halloween costume. You're starting in January. Yeah. So between John Wick for one, that's like not a distinctive costume besides the fact that it's can't like, if if you don't look really like Keanu Reeves, you're just a guy with long hair in a suit. Yeah. You could maybe do like kind of, I guess if you do some blood or something on your face or suit, people will get it. Yeah. But Have yeah. like a fake stuffed animal dog that's died and just carry <laughs> dragging, it around. Dragging it behind you. Dragging yeah. it. And carry a gun or something. Yeah. There's not, yeah, you're right. Oh, great. Not a real one. <laughs> How many people... Do you think John Wick has killed in three films? This oh. is a great stat people have have like tallied. There is even a Reddit. There's a person on Reddit who has the most comprehensive database of like how he's killed each person, his accuracy, number of headshots. But let's just say total people killed in all three combined. 480. 299. <laughs> Which is still crazy. Yeah. No, I wasn't. That, I wasn't. I wasn't in a completely <laughs> different. I wasn't in a completely different ballpark. You know, I knew it was going to be a high number, no. but yeah, it wasn't. I wasn't outrageously. And off. each movie has been, I think, more than the next. Yeah. So he'll probably be four eighty by the end of the next movie. Next one. I'm not going to ask about Guardians of the Galaxy, but I will ask about Fast Ten. Now, I, again, I don't know the last Fast and the Furious I saw probably five or six maybe i put it this way uh what's his name was still alive the last time i saw a fast and the furious movie Oof. uh what was the actor's name paul walker paul walker <laughs> yeah he was he was still out there when i last uh, sat down to watch one of those it's another and i get it it makes so much money for everyone involved fine but it's another one of those. If Fast and the Furious had just been two, two or three movies, then we would probably be like nostalgically looking back. You know, it would be a big high school movie for me of, oh, wasn't that cool? Like Fast and the Furious. And instead, not only have they made an endless number of movies, but they've also gone so far away from the original concept of now he's got like, you know, the out like just ridiculous cars. They're you know, jumping out of skyscrapers and flying through floors, like doing things that are totally physically impossible. It's just completely ruined it for me. I'm hoping you're able to name one movie that I'll say, yeah, looking forward to that, but I'm not optimistic. <laughs> have I, have I this, I I'm, probably haven't heard of this one, but it's called Strays. It, it stars Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx, Will Forte, and it's an R-rated live action comedy centered around talking dogs. It follows Reggie, a dog you really voiced think? by Will Ferrell that has been abandoned by its heartless owner who teams up with a group of strays led by a dog voiced by Jamie Foxx to get his revenge. Do you think this, <laughs> this is the one that was going to win me over? No. I'll, I thought that was it. No. No, another miss there for me. Are you a Wes Anderson fan? Not really. Oof, that's a tough, that's a tough <laughs> beat for you, Eddie. He has, he has a new one coming out, Asteroid City, that has pretty much everyone that's always in his movies. Plus now Tom Hanks, Steve Carell, Margot Robbie, Matt Dillon, uh, and then all the normals. Wes Anderson movies to me, it's like the 
movie experience like equivalent of of watching Fitzpatrick play in the NFL. <laughs> what that means? It's just like some I really like Wes Anderson some movies. quality and just but overflowing with quirkiness, like just oh yeah. look at me! I'm going to make all of my characters weird and awkward and wear different clothing. Like it's I I I have a ton of respect for his skill as a like a cinematographer. I'm not denying that. Like there is way more talent in that than making like a Fast and the Furious movie in terms of how he's conceptualizing everything and and all of that. But yeah, it's just to me, it's it's like just sort of film masturbation. Like I don't actually. You say you like it. I don't think anyone really likes Wes Anderson movies. Like I think. Oh, I I think Royal Tenenbaums is probably top five of my all time favorite. Okay, movies. name 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 a name another Wes Anderson film movie that you really like genuinely like you die on a hill defending i'm trying to think what my second favorite one would be probably rushmore okay but like i think you know a couple of his Grand, movies. or grand budapest hotel also very good he does have a he has he does have misses oh that's the issue <laughs> no you flip that that sentence he occasionally has makes i just think for the most part people like saying you like a Wes Anderson movie, it's like it's trying to in, in instantly inject yourself with personality. Like, oh, what kind of movies do you like? I like Wes Anderson movies. Oh, wow, this guy's like artsy and intelligent. You know, like that's that's, <laughs> that's funny. no, but that's <laughs> you're not one of those people. But I think ninety eight percent of people who tell you they like Wes Anderson movies, that's what it's trying to do. It's like you're really just trying to project certain things you associate with Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. And it's like, I think the only way you allow that is if, like you said, they are very into the like cinematography aspect of it. Then I think it's fair to say you're, you're a huge Wes Anderson. The only way I will allow it is if I can then ask you. It's Wes Anderson. (laughs) I don't even think he's a fan of his own stuff. I think the only way I allow it is if I then follow up and say, what's the last like truly indie film you went to see? And if you're like, oh, I regularly go to like blah, blah, blah cinema to watch like independent films on a consistent basis, I'll let you like Wes Anderson films. But if you're like, oh, uh, I don't know, (laughs) you know, like Avengers Endgame. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, if if the movies you've gone to see this year in the cinema are Marvel, DC, a Star Wars and a Wes Anderson film, you can fuck off. All right, how about this one, Eddie? I don't know if you even knew this was coming. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I did know this was coming. I am not excited. Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Antonio Banderas. Yeah, I mean, Harrison Ford seems barely functional now, so I don't. (laughs) No, I mean, truly, when you see it, like, he can barely talk. He just kind of sits there in silence. I guess he'll, you know, the paycheck was big enough, so he decided to do it again. But, yeah, this is not... I will not be seeing this. How old is Harrison Ford, Eddie? 73. 80. Okay. <laughs> the thing, and Does it give you a little more respect then for him barely being there? Well, no, I mean, no, 80 is the new 65, right? So there's, but it, it, part of what actually hurts him, he looks really good for his age. And so you judge him differently. Because he doesn't look yeah. 80 at all. Like I, and I know in person, perhaps it's different, you know, like it's as with anything. But 
I would say even in person, he looks like a, you know, a, a very sort of spry, young looking 80 year old. And it maybe makes, he has the like personality of a 95 year old in <laughs> the body of a 65 year old. Right. That's an interesting question. About... Which way round would you like that to be? Because he's got it the right way round, right? Like you want the you want the body that allows you to keep moving and doing things. Yeah. Well, but do you want to be a dull person versus being trapped? Like to have a really interesting mind, but you're trapped in a body that limits what you can do. I'd take the. He doesn't know he's dull. Dull people don't know they're dull. You know, it's like stupid people. I think some do. Sometimes, <laughs> like stupid people don't know they're stupid. You know, it's the same same thing. Wes Anderson fans, they don't know they're dull. Oh, I bet you Harrison Ford loves Wes Anderson movies. Oh, I bet you he doesn't. No, well, yeah. Wes Anderson is like a control freak, and I think Harrison Ford is like also a control freak on the other end. All right. So we have, you get to July, Eddie, and you have three big blockbusters dropping. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. I'll see it, but I'm not excited for it. I am very excited for it. Have you seen the clip of the newest stunt that that Tom uh, Tom Cruise does? No. He go, he takes the motorcycle off of a cliff, just literally drives it off of a cliff, and then parachutes off of the motorcycle and was like base jumps down this cliff to the bottom of the 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 cliff. It is insane that any actor would choose to do this. He did it seven times in one day for the shooting. There's like a whole back thing on it. Like you can watch how it was done. It was crazy. I don't know many people who if they signed up for a movie would be like, hey, listen, you're going to have to ride a motorcycle off a cliff and then parachute off of that motorcycle. Oh, no. Like I have the utmost respect for Tom Cruise and the fact that he is so committed to what he does in terms of the skills. Is he the last action star? I mean, he's not because like younger people the Rock, the Rock would think that he, you know, they would, I mean, young people might think but the Rock's not good. No, but you know, young, the difference. younger people and Chinese people definitely think that the Rock is an action star. I mean, younger people and Chinese people probably think Kevin Hart is an action star. So, you know, <laughs> no, you know, we gotta be real. Wait, wait, why? Wait, why is it young people and Chinese people? Because they're definitely making all these movies for China. You know, like this is the reason why we make endless action movies where, there's no real, uh, and I don't mean that as an insult to Chinese people, but like when you're making an you're making a movie for a foreign audience, obviously very difficult if you have complex dialogue and stuff. It kind of takes you out if it's going to be dubbed or if it's going to be you know you're going to read subtitles. Whereas if you just have a big explosive action movie and limited dialogue, that's easy to market all over the world. So we're definitely just churning out these movies because you go. Okay, so you're not just so. Let's, I'm not let's shitting just, let's on Chinese people. Foreign. Let's just call it for foreign. Well, no, particularly <laughs> China. Particularly China. They're the ones because really, they have a large amount of people. <laughs> yeah, and disposable income, and they're mopping. You know, they're into those kind of things. So, like, I, I am. I didn't pick China haphazardly, but I'm not trying to shit on Chinese people in the process. Like, okay. Know. I'm I'm very excited for this one. I think that's going to be a great. And I, we've had the debate of Mission Impossible versus Bond, and I fall in the Mission Impossible category. So, I think that's it, that I'm looking forward to. Next one, 
little different feel to it. Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan, Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Rami Malek, Florence Pugh, Josh Hartnett. Are we in? I was all in until you said Emily Blunt. And then I got to... <laughs> now, I, yeah, I'm in. I'm sure that will be interesting. That's. I think it's going to be really good. That's the type of movie that kind of really piques my interest. So, yeah, that one. Yeah. This is the first one you said that I'll be we going. We got one. I'll be going to the movie theater to see. You want to know what's sad? I knew that was going to be the first one you were interested in. <laughs> no, it's I'm predictable. That's a admirable quality to have. Coming out the same day, Barbie. Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling. I actually, this is second on the list of ones you've named so far that kind of tempt me. This actually looks kind of amusing. And yeah. Ryan Gosling. It has a potential to be like funny and good depending on the perspective they want to take here. The thing that convinces me is Ryan Gosling because he delivers such a good comedic performance. Like whenever he's in funny things. As, like, a, as like a dead face, yeah, like dry, straight, straight man kind of thing. The dry delivery that he has, he's so good at that. That that's the thing that makes dead pan, not dead face. <laughs> just a corpse. He has a great face. It's not dead. <laughs> Once again, Ryan, love to have Ryan Gosling's Ryan, Ryan Gosling's bloated off his face. <laughs> Ryan Gosling's bloated dead face has delivered another striking performance. Um, yeah, he's also an Oppenheimer. He's one of the people that just gets destroyed by the nuclear bomb <laughs> or atomic bomb, I guess. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'd see that in the movie. I'm not sure if I'm going to go to pay to go to the movies to see it, but at some point, like whenever that hits, uh, you know, Netflix or whatever streaming service it's going to be on, I'll definitely watch it. How about, this is one, directed by Taika Waititi, Next Goal Wins. It is based off of the documentary of the same name. That chronicles the real-life story of the American Samoa national football team's qualification to the 2014 World Cup. Um, a little sports movie. Michael Fassbender, star, is the coach. Yeah, uh, I probably won't be going to the theater to see that. But again, that probably makes it to a streaming service. I don't, I don't know how I feel necessarily about everything that... Uh... Yeah... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to the theater to see it. Okay. We get to November. We're getting towards the end of the year. Dune Part 2. Now. I, I want to see Dune Part 1. I saw it recently, actually, for the first time. I having Did you like it? Uh, not. I mean, I didn't like the original Dune, and I never read the okay. book. When everyone, like when we were younger, everyone was reading Dune. It was like huge never interested me as a book and I didn't enjoy the original movie. This one was obviously visually nicer to look at. It's kind of like kind of cool to me. That would be a perfect plane movie. If that's my see my... Uh, funny. You say that I saw it on the plane. <laughs> I think when I went to, to visit in Paris, but most people would say that's a movie you have to see in theaters yeah, because of how like, the visual effects. I'm, I know the plane will not do it justice for sure. It's not the experience when they're putting this together. It's not the experience that they're yeah. like trying to optimize it for. I understand that. But f 
yeah, to me, that's the type of movie I sit down on a plane, I look through the list of movies, and it's like, oh, Dune, I would have never watched this normally. And then it does two things. It probably mildly entertains me. And also, if I fall asleep. It's up four hours. It's up four hours. <laughs> and if I fall asleep during it, I'm not upset. Like, oh, well, yeah. I guess I'll never know what happens. I, I liked it a lot. I liked the first movie. I'll probably now see the second one in theaters to get a better experience. Um, but for me, the issue is I've never read the book or books, I guess I should say. So I am not that invested in it because I don't fully understand what the fuck's going on because it's a very complicated book. Let's stick with Timothée Chalamet. He is also going to be in Wonka, where he is going to be playing Willy Wonka. Are you a big Willy Wonka guy? Um, I mean, I liked the original movie. The Gene Wilder version. Yeah, and I think that's a t- those are tough shoes to fill, right? Because Gene Wilder, like, he just embodies that character now. Like, when you imagine... like. When you picture it in your eye, in your kind of mind's eye, you think of well, it has been filled one other time. I know by uh, Johnny Depp. Yeah, and that didn't, sur- you know, like surplant the Gene Wilder version. I'm not a huge Timothy Chalamet fan. I think, I think he's a good actor. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like people are too going out of their way to like praise him. It's like when I have to listen to him speak French, and people are their mind blown that this actor can kind of speak French and it's like people just want to like lick his balls because of it that that to me just (laughs) I struggle with that slightly but uh no I will not I think that's would disappoint me and anger me to watch it because it would just be like touching a childhood classic even though it's a movie that existed way before I was born now, I have a few that don't have release dates, but probably will be 2023 that I've handpicked for you. First one, Air Jordan, directed by Ben Affleck, starring Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Jason Bateman, Viola Davis. It's centered around Nike's attempts to sign Michael Jordan for an endorsement deal that would ultimately become the massive success it is. Who's playing Michael Jordan, Viola Davis? <laughs> no, Ben Affleck. <laughs> If Ben Affleck's playing, if Ben Affleck's playing Michael Jordan, I'm all in just for the controversy. Um, uh, Chris Tucker's also in this, so maybe Chris Tucker's <laughs> no, playing. Chris Tucker. I, I don't. I don't think it actually like. Yeah, they probably don't it's show. Like, him. Yeah, I, I bet you there's a scene where it's like him walking out of a room, and you're just going to see the back of his head or something. But yeah, um, I, I mean, let's hope for Ben Affleck's stay, uh, sake that he's because he got a little bit of backlash right for. Um, Argo, because he directed it and put himself as a star, and then the guy he was playing yeah. was actually Latino. <laughs> be, so, so, so you think he might play Michael Jordan? You're or, not discounting this, or like a Nike executive who's not white. Um, oh yeah, that sounds watchable. Yeah, I thought that'd be something you'd like. How about this one, Eddie? Ferrari, directed by Michael Mann, a Bill Simmons and Chris Ryan, favorite director who directed The Heat, one of their all-time favorite movies, starring Adam Driver, Penelope Cruz, Shailene Woodley, a.k.a. not Aaron Rodgers, and others. Um, It's basically Adam Driver plays Enzo Ferrari, the founder of the infamous car manufacturer, and that's all that's really known about it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you got all the details. 
Um, no, there's not, like not much has been released about what, what yeah. the story will be. Um, but you have Michael Mann and you have a, a Ferrari movie. Yeah, that that doesn't interest me too much. That's another plane movie for me. That is a good plane movie because you know what else I watched on the plane? Ford, Ford versus, versus Ferrari. Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a good movie. Yeah, I do like Adam Driver. But uh, yeah, I don't think... Um, is it fitting that he's going to be starring in a movie about cars? I mean, it feels like... I don't know. I've seen picture, old pictures of Enzo Ferrari. I picture Enzo Ferrari as being quite a small human being. Maybe I'm wrong. It, I don't know, but th- he doesn't look like Adam Driver. Like, they have pictures up. It, it, he looks like an Italian dude. <laughs> no, I mean, for sure. But I would have just pictured him as being quite a small person for multiple reasons. Being Italian from that era tend to be smaller. And also, he was actually raced his cars, right? So you don't expect someone to be a race car driver and be pretty tall. Uh, so that would be my bigger issue. I, I don't know how tall Adam Driver is. He seems reasonably He seems big, tall. But maybe he's he not. He does seem tall. All right, how about The Iron Claw? This is one that friend of the podcast, Tim, has been waiting for for about two years. It stars Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White, who's from The Bear, if anyone has recently seen that. And it's focusing on the Van Erich wrestling family. And it's basically, they're like WWE wrestlers before it was WWE. And um, they're rumored to have a family curse, given the tragedies that overtook many of the family members during their wrestling careers. Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White look jacked for this movie. (laughs) Tim is excited. <laughs> Were you a fan of the wrestler? Uh, yeah, it was fine. Um, yeah, this this isn't a movie I'll rush to see, but but yeah, it, it doesn't sound bad. But it's not it's not it's not made for me. No, okay. No. How about a David Fincher movie? Would that interest you? Possibly. But not okay. So he's he's got one with Michael Fassbender called The Killer, where Michael Fassbender's a killer. Oh, they really thought about that title. How about Martin Scorsese films? Do they interest you? <laughs> Can you say Martin Scorsese? Martin Scorsese. Scor- well, fuck no, I can't. <laughs> Martin, Martin Scorsese. There, there we go. go. <laughs> I prefer Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Scorsese. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd be in on a Martin Scorsese film. Okay, Killers of the Flower Moon, starring Leo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Jesse Plemons, and Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I'm in on that. It it follows the book of the same name about a series of murders in 1920s Oklahoma. Yeah, that, that sounds, sounds good. That sounds good. That sounds like it's going to be a good one. That's that's your. Then, that's I'll, I'll say now. That's winning the Oscar. That checks. Think? That checks all of the Best Picture Oscars like requirements i got one more for you eddie and this is uh to appease you as a uh person living in paris napoleon directed by ridley scott starring joquan phoenix (laughs) as napoleon the last time they teamed up was gladiator so it's obviously just going to follow Napoleon's rise to power. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I, I can. I could be in on that. I like like period pieces and 
historical dramas and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think Ridley Scott did a bang up job with Gladiator. So, I only I I recently watched a documentary. Speaking of Napoleon, about uh, Louis Napoleon, who was the only child of Napoleon the Third. So I guess he's the nephew of the original Napoleon or the great, okay. great nephew. Uh, so he was after, you know, you kind of have little whistle stop tour of French history, but you obviously Napoleon uh, gets imprisoned. They create a, uh, a Republic in, in France. And then that gets, then the Napoleon family briefly comes back and then they go away again. And uh, Louis Napoleon was the kind of heir to the Napoleonic dynasty. So there was talk that at some point he would be brought back to be put into the throne. He was living in the United Kingdom and trained to be in the the army. And they didn't want to send him to war because they didn't want this weird thing of a kind of foreign uh, sort of monarch almost dying fighting for Britain. But he insisted on going to South Africa during the war, the Zulu War. And he went there and he died there. He was killed by Zulus. And I knew nothing of this. It was a documentary that fascinated me. Like literally that era of history really interests me. And I knew absolutely none of it, which blew my mind. Like it's not often that you kind of watch a documentary and literally I knew none of the details. I mean, I knew about the Zulu war and stuff, but I knew nothing about this person existing. I knew nothing about him going to fight in South Africa. Um, But yeah, there you go. Many pointless history lesson check it out (laughs) be a great i'll throw that out there great movie idea got a lot of like a spinoff yeah you got a lot of different interesting storylines to put into one you know and a lot of big characters get to come in queen victoria gets to be part of it you know you get a lot of major historical figures who then suddenly become relevant within it I'm sure Olivia Coleman will just play Queen Victoria. There you go. We, we already can't be typecast for all those roles now. Yeah, we're, can't, we're already Timothy Chalamet will play Louis Napoleon. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. All right, we've got it. No one else go and do this. If there's if if there's like a younger aristocrat woman, you can throw in um, the uh, one the sister who stars in The Great. Wow. I don't know if there is. There's there's Louis Napoleon's mother, who is a pretty significant figure. So there you're talking like middle-aged actress. I don't know who you fit in for that. But yeah, we've get some star power in this movie. We'll start pitching it a couple years from now. I was thinking of Elle Fanning from The Great. Big Chill Productions will have its first blockbuster movie out. <laughs> so I guess maybe next podcast we can do some of the tv shows that are coming or coming back and we can see which ones those excite you i have to say i i see i I don't watch nearly as many movies as i used to and watch way more tv and i think i think most people would agree with that yeah i'd be more excited for the the tv shows than i am for the movies because yeah i watch it's it's like 90 10 in favor of tv consumption for me i'm gonna ask you one now that's already out to see if you have watched it because it was recommended to me from the creators of Peaky Blinders, Rogue Heroes. Yeah, I've seen, I watched the whole series. It's okay. <sighs> That's not what I want to hear. Like it's, it's entertaining. It's watchable, but you do certainly in the early episodes, there seems to be a shift. If you watch it, there seems to be a shift a couple of episodes in, in terms of the style 
early on you can just tell it's from the guys who made Peaky Blinders. Like a lot of this yeah. very like similar, has like that music stuff yes. too. And very yeah. similar shots, like the entrances to scenes where there's kind of the camera is moving through like a, a doorway and you've yeah. got the like the music that isn't suitable for the time period playing really, really loudly. Like there's a lot of that. And they kind of ditch that as the series goes on. Um and it's All right, a, let me ask you this. This is something that will get me excited. Is Alfie Allen good in it? Yeah, he's pretty good. Okay. I, I like him as an actor. Yeah. Confusing though, because when I hear, like when it was first told to me and, and I heard Peaky Blinders and Alfie Allen, I associated Alfie with Peaky Blinders and thought it was Tom Hardy. And so in my head, I was like, oh, Tom Hardy's in this? Yes. Yeah. It would have been a great role for Tom Hardy. Just in the desert. Any in the desert role. with a weird. Where's he been, actually? He's 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 been quiet recently. No, you don't see those videos that go viral of him, of him just like rolling on the mat Motor- jujitsu with random people. Yeah, or like motorbike. He's really into like motocross. Yeah. He's he's shaping himself as the future Tom Cruise. Although it's not I'm as not impressive to say, enough. you know, Tom Hardy does his own jujitsu. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> in a scripted movie, that's impressive. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Eddie? Don't think so. And that's just about it for me. College football national championship. Georgia by 25. I'll take TCU by 25. You think they're going to 25? Okay. That's a bold (laughs) prediction. Okay. Will you take TCU plus 14 and a half, which I think is the real spread? Yes. Okay. There we go. I think I will. All right. Don't count out the hypno toad, Eddie. I never do. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later. See ya. Cheerio.